Welcome to the Lead Me On podcast, where we give you practical solutions for extraordinary leadership. My name is Lori King-Taylor, and I'm here with my co-host, Lori Gorell. For more than 25 years, we've been educating and coaching individuals who want to transform the way they lead. Join us each week as we provide inspiring conversations to help you increase your capability to lead with greater impact and influence. Get ready. It's time to lead me on. Hello, and thank you for joining us again on the Lead Me On podcast. I am so excited about our two guests today who are going to talk to us about emotional intelligence in our marriage. I know we talk a lot about emotional intelligence on this podcast about uh, leadership and how it affects your workplace, but our relationships are such a big part of who we are and affect our workplace that I thought it would be uh, wonderful to talk to our guests today. So our guests are Mike and Susan Dawson. Mike is a licensed therapist and he and his wife, Susan, help couples create happier marriages, guiding their clients and building friendships and love, teaching skills and tools for communication and learning how to manage conflict. They believe God creates us with this inherent significance and value and that we're made for relationships. Healthy relationships, as you know, are essential to our well-being and fulfillment in life. Now, Mike and Susan will celebrate their 40th wedding anniversary just this July. And just by the sheer volume of time together, I know they probably know a thing or two about marriage. And they've also guided hundreds of couples to a more connected and satisfying marriage through using marriage emotional intelligence training and some other tools to equip these heroes. So Mike and Susan, I am so excited to have you here. Welcome. Thank you, Lori. We're excited to be here. Yeah, thank you. So tell me about marriage and emotional intelligence. My listeners are so used to hearing emotional intelligence in the leadership world and in the workplace, but talk to me a little bit about emotional intelligence in the marriage. Well, emotional intelligence is really um, not actually the word we use when like we're working with couples. We just really talk about the emotional connection um, because really all of our issues in our marriages can really come down to, and in a sense are about the emotional connection, because when couples feel emotionally connected, then they just, they do live healthier lives and they, they live more satisfying, fulfilling kinds of, of lives together. Yeah, that's true. So it, it's like the, the relationship is going to feel really connected and close when there's an emotional connection. And when there's not, um, couples drift and they have more trouble, more struggle in their relationships with one another. Oh, I could definitely see that. So what do you think the main thing that couples need for a great marriage? Well, we think there's a number of things for what emotional connection really looks like in in a relationship. There's lots of little things, but I think we could boil it down to some some larger things um, like Um, being available to one another. And that means um, understanding each other emotionally. And that doesn't mean um, understanding and knowing each other just on a cognitive level, but understanding what's really important and what's really meaningful 
to the other person. And we, we get that over time, mm-hmm. um, but we, there's also things that we can do to make sure um, that we're um, achieving that kind of closeness and connection. So there's a number of things we can talk about yeah. here, Susan. One of them, to feel loved and appreciated, you know, is a way that we feel connected to another person when we, when we understand that they understand us, you know, that they, they get where we're coming from. And that only comes when both people are willing to be vulnerable and open and talk about how, why they feel certain ways about certain things in life. You know, we all come from different backgrounds and uh, we've been raised by different families of origin. We've grown up in different places and had different jobs and different relationships with other people. And so, you know, we all come into our marriages with this unique perspective from our perspective and it's valid, you know, and sometimes our spouses don't understand that valid reality that we're, that we have, but, but um, when our spouse can, kind of get in the room with us and, and try and understand, ask some questions about why things are meaningful for us and, and why certain things are important, then we feel more connected as a couple. That connection and really being able to understand the other person is so vital and so critical. And when we think about emotional intelligence and we look at it from the self-awareness, self-management, mm-hmm. then there's that social awareness piece, right? So I think that's what you're talking about there is bringing that social awareness. How aware are you of your partner and their emotional needs, the things that make them tick, the things that trigger them. And then that self-management piece, how do you manage all of that together? So I see where that fits so perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. Part of that feeling loved and appreciated is something that we do in the very beginning of our relationships. Almost mm-hmm. every couple starts out the same way where they're having fun together. They feel like best friends. They're talking a lot. They spend a lot of time together. And so we have a tendency to drift apart from that or do less of that as we go through our relationships. And so um, when we're aware of that drift, we try to bring that back and do the things that we used to do. And you could call that being a feeling like best friends and couples that are emotionally connected usually feel like best friends. And what do friends do together? They have fun. They help each other with things. They talk about things. And that's part of being um, emotionally available to one another, even that when I have a need, when I have a struggle or when I have something great in my life, right, you're there to share that with me. That's emotional connection. You know, and one of the things that we were told very early on, I think even before we got married, was to continue to date. Mm -hmm. And I think especially once the children came, it was easy for us to date. We were married over 10 years before we had children. And um, when the children came, I think when we made that a priority that we had to still continue to date, because I think when, when kids do have so many other issues in their life, like kids, work, um, community activities, it's very easy for us to drift apart. Right. And actually, all marriage research shows that the most um, integral time, uh, the most important time in a couple's life is usually when children start coming, right? Because that's where the drifts usually come. And um, all your research will show that, that that's usually the hardest time. And if we don't make the intentional Um, decisions right then to stay connected well or to keep trying right even through the the things that happen with children 
um, that we're going to drift. And so um, that's a really important time, just like we're talking about. Yeah. And, you know, you're talking about drifting that even in my line of work, when I'm coaching leaders, I've had so many that it's time for the empty nest and the kids are leaving home Mm -hmm. and we're, we're doing coaching on leadership, but they'll say to me, I'm having trouble at home because my wife and I have nothing in common anymore. We have nothing to talk about. The kids are gone and we don't know what to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That happens with a lot of couples. Yes. And going back to, you know, if you, if you do keep that date night, if you do keep connected, you know, when you go on a date night, vow that you're not going to talk about the kids or finances (laughs) while you're on your date night, right? Just to have fun, right? Right. It's really How much does that state cost, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We forget to play, you know, we, we, being an adult and being a, you know, business owner or um, wherever you are in your life, you know, we feel like there's a lot of responsibility and we have to be serious a lot. And at work, we get in the habit of being serious all the time. I think we forget to just let go and have fun and, you know, do the things that we used to do when we were dating. Exactly. Yeah. So I talked a lot with my clients and, and when I'm teaching emotional intelligence about one of those skill sets that's so important to learn is active listening. Mm-hmm. So with an emotionally intelligent leader learns how to listen to their people. So in a marriage, what does it mean when my spouse is not listening to me or I'm not listening to my spouse? Well, almost always with couples, when they say we just don't communicate or um, he doesn't listen to me, she doesn't listen to me. What they're really saying underneath that is that you're not really understanding me. The meaning of what's important to me, my emotional um, quotient is not being understood at a level that I really need to be known at. And so they're really not talking about communication as much as they are um, about, I want to be known. I want to be heard. I want to feel like I'm being accepted. I want to know that you still choose me, those mm-hmm. kinds of things. And if that's not in the conversations, if that's not in the relationship on a regular basis, then it's going to feel like I'm not heard. I'm not understood. They don't see me. And actually emotional connection is about, do you see me? Are you there for me, right? And that actually is the thing that builds trust in relationships. Because if you're emotionally available for me, Mm -hmm. right, and I can count on you and I know that I'm important to you, then I can trust you. So emotional connection, emotional intelligence is very much about, can I trust you? So I have a question about uh, couples who fight. So you see, you see all different kinds of fighting. I have some very dear friends of mine that have been married over 40 years and they fight constantly. And it's like, (laughs) I'm amazed at how, you know, y'all are still together after 40 years. My husband and I rarely fight. We might disagree, but we've just kind of learned how we just don't fight. We just kind of learn how to, how to do to work through that. So is it true that all couples do fight and how should couples fight and can a fighting couple have a good marriage? Well, evidently they can have a long marriage. You've got an, (laughs) you've got an example right there, but you know, what, what this comes back to is different people have different definitions of fighting. 
Uh, we've heard it from the pulpit even, uh, you know, fight fair, you know, do this, do that. But Mike and I have a very specific definition of fighting versus conflict. Now, all couples, all couples are going to have conflict because really that's just a matter of a difference, a preference, you know, a difference of opinion or a preference. Like you said, you got you and your husband have times when you have conflict, but fighting is a whole different thing. That's when emotions get escalated. The noise level goes up. You're saying things that hurt each other that you can't, you know, you can't take those things back. That's what fighting is. You know, there's a, there's a great um, verse about that. Yeah. You wanna... Yeah. James four one says, what is it that causes fights and quarrels among you? Isn't it your desires that battle within? Mm-hmm. So you come to me, what that means is, okay, that's desires, that's emotions, that's things that are very meaningful and important to you. And um, we fight really not over things. We're really fighting to be heard, to be understood, to be known, to be loved, to be respected. We, we fight because of fears, all those kinds of things that are underneath. And the couple that um, is going to maybe have conflict and maybe even some strong discussions or argue with one another about things. That's, that's a passionate kind of thing. It can be an emotional kind of thing, but when it gets to the place where it's so escalated that they hurt one another emotionally, those go very deep and those have to be repaired or else you have a continuation of fighting. Um, And so we feel like if you understand that underneath fighting is really about your desires, then you start talking about what the other person really wants and needs and what they feel like they're missing in the relationship, not just the finances or the parenting or um, other differences. So when I talk uh, with my clients a lot about emotional intelligence, we start with that self-awareness piece. And one of the things we talk a lot about is your triggers. So, and we go through this exercise where we really try to identify what are your triggers? Is that something you recommend for your married couples as well as to identify, you know, what is it that triggers that argument for you? So what is it that, that is the thing that causes it to escalate, but then also to understand the triggers and what those buttons that the other push that you can push for the other person. Is that something you recommend that they do? Yes, we do. And it really goes right along with, I mean, usually our buttons, okay. Or our triggers are um, emotional things that kind of get jabbed a little bit to where we get hurt a little bit. And so then we want, you know, our body's primary function is to protect itself. Right. And so we have a tendency to protect ourselves, not just physically, but to protect ourselves emotionally. And so we can get defensive and we can um, and fight about things rather instead of really talking about, you know, okay, my trigger or that push my button. A button usually is an emotional thing. Um, And that's why we call it a button. Someone's pushing our buttons. They didn't necessarily um, create that button. I may have had that button all of my Mm. life, but they push it. It's like a bruise that they're punching on. Right. Right. And I think, Sometimes we like to push those buttons because we know what those buttons are. But I think in a real healthy marriage, we want to stay away from those buttons, right? If we know that's a button for our spouse, we really want to kind of stay away from that particular button. 
Well, you know, when you go, when you have those, those situations where your emotions get escalated because you have the button, you've, you've pressed your, your spouse's button, um, your body reacts in such an interesting way. You're, I mean, if we go back to the science of what happens in our bodies, when we're in that fight or flight mode, you know, all the hormones and that get secreted into our system, just take us away from, as you call it, the Amy, your amygdala, it takes you away from the cognitive function that of reasoning and making sound judgment and puts us into the fight or flight mode. And you literally, your body cannot calm down and get out of that fight or flight mode for what, about 20 minutes? 20 minutes. Yeah. So, you know, when you push somebody's button, it's not going to get any better for about 20 minutes because once yep. they're in most, that's what we call flooding, Lori. Yeah. We call that flooding. Right. And that's a good time to, to step apart. Right. So yes. when that button's pushed and you know, and, and, and it is always physical first, so you can feel it, you know, right. <laughs> when that's you have to know what it feels like for you exactly. because it's different for people. Some people feel hot on the side of their face. Some people have it in their gut, you know, their, their stomach starts to churn or they feel kind of nauseated. You know, sometimes it's a headache, but it's, yeah, you definitely can feel it physically before you feel it otherwise. And if you take this back to emotional connection or emotional intelligence and why it's so important, okay, because when you go into fight or flight, even if it's emotionally, right, what happens in the prefrontal cortex is that your ability to be empathetic, to be compassionate and understanding goes completely away. And you cannot be emotionally intelligent if that's not working. Yeah, because Amy takes over, right? Your your survival mode kicks in. Right, and, that's exactly right. She's not worried about the other person at that point. She's worried about you and keeping you safe and sane. Yes, right, exactly. right, right. All right, so tell me, what does an emotionally connected couple look like? Well, you know, um, we've talked about a few of those things. Um, um building trust together, you know, making sure that we're there for one another and um, having empathy and compassion, just like Mike was talking about, that is, that's key. Uh, I know you guys, you and Lori talk a lot about, you know, empathy in the workplace and how you can have empathy with your, well, same thing is true at home. You know, Mike works with a lot of executives that have the corporate structure around them at the office. And then they, they act one way at work and then they act differently when they get home and it needs to go both ways. I mean, if you're using empathy one place, let's use it both places. Go ahead. Mike. I think also, you know, um, you know, we, we love Brene Brown and maybe um, you are um, in that too. Um, and, you know, she says that empathy really fuels connection and that's exactly right. Um, because if we can't see our partner well and we can't really get into their world and go somewhere with them emotionally, okay, then um, it's hard for us to really connect. And I think in the workplace, what happens a lot of times actually is that um, these leaders are um, actually have, you know, good leaders have empathy and compassion for the people that are working for them. Um, but there's not an intimacy there to where they have to care for them so deeply. 
And so then they come home and they try to lead the same way they do at work, but they're not as careful with their spouse or their children to where there's more compassion maybe um, and a different kind of empathy almost, right? To where they're, they're much more in tune um, with their family, especially their spouse. And they're not as, they don't feel like they have to be as careful with their words, but we really need to be more careful with how we treat and speak to and express what we want and need to our family or someone that we're closely connected with and have an intimate relationship with than we do at work because we're not super connected at a deep, deep level with people at work. Yeah. So you mentioned, you know, the work and the home place. So how does having marriage emotional intelligence affect how I lead in my workspace and then translate into the business world? How, how do the two marry together? Well, you know, you talked about on your podcast, uh, number 75, how, how it affects the bottom line in, in, in the business world, you know, all these different, um, sections of, of team building and profitability and retaining employees and how emotional intelligence in the workplace uh, is, affects the bottom line, right? And so um, you want to give an example of that, Mike? Well, you know, at home, it's the same way. If, if we see that we have to be a team and we're connected emotionally, then we do things together win-win is very important for one another, right? But the way that I see um, one of the things that Susan does so well is that because she, um, um, we are connected at home and also I think because she's a woman and she's more emotionally um, uh, geared that direction, I see what she's done at her workplace to where she has taken an emotional connection with clients and um, now the rest of the group, the men, they're all men where she works, um, have a much more um, empathetic or even emotional um, way that they deal with clients. And I think Susan has shown that to them and how important it is to not just touch their financial futures, but the, the um, emotions and the family parts of those the more intimate ways that um, they need to address people's money and financial issues um, because it goes so much deeper for them. And it also connects them with their business because they're connected with them personally. Yeah. And, and that, that really... financial piece is huge for couples, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And it's not, and it is an emotional issue. It is. Yeah. Money, money is a, it's a very emotional issue. It can also be that button, right? (laughs) It can be that button. Yes, it can. All right. So I am fascinated with the fact that you guys have created an Ameri, a marriage emotional intelligent quiz. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. Well, that really came out of, um, you know, because uh, in my counseling practice, we, you know, that's what we do. It's to me, emotional connection is um, where we're trying to go for couples. We're not trying to solve all of their problems. We're trying to get them to understand each other and um, connect with each other emotionally, and then they'll solve their problems. Okay. Um, Or they'll manage their problems. We don't always solve all of them, but we manage them. And so um, 
Um, this really came out of um, a lot of what I do and through different therapies um, because we're talking in that emotional intelligence quiz about um, how well connected are you with your partner, how you feel um, with your partner. And if you feel understood and connected, if you feel like there's trust in the relationship. And um, so um, it really came, it all came out of um, how we connect with each other and how we, how we really feel with each other, being in love. A lot of people love their spouse. That doesn't mean they're in love with them. And that also can, you know, that can um, wane and go up and down throughout relationships. And that's really pretty normal. Uh, but we always want to come back to that connection. Well, I took your marriage emotional intelligence quiz. I was quite fascinated by it. Happy to say I did very well on the quiz. Good. <laughs> Feeling good about that. But uh, I just thought that that was a, a very unique something. I had not seen that before. So before we go into our practical solutions from today's um, podcast, is there anything else that you feel would be good for our audience to know about marriage and emotional intelligence that maybe uh, we haven't hit on yet. You know, just one thing, Lori, we, we teach uh, couples all the time and the difference between work talk and heart talk. Uh, this is a tool, a skill that we teach people. Uh, you, most of us operate in the, in the work talk mode most of our day, because it's that thing that, gets things accomplished. And especially in the work environment, you know, we're, we're assigning tasks and, and putting lists together and checking. I love checking stuff off a list. Mm -hmm. I'm a work talk gal. Yep. And I think maybe you are too. I am. <laughs> Task oriented, solution oriented. It's about yeah. data and information and going somewhere. Yes. You know? Yeah. We can get from point A to point B. And I think a lot of us business people do operate in that mode a lot, but something that's even more important than that, because we default to work mode, is to look at the heart talk. And that's, you know, work talk is A to B. We're, we're going from point A to point B, but, but heart talk is a kind of a squiggly line that goes all around. Um, and it's about feelings and longings and connection and understanding each other. And the way you, you, you kind of have to create the environment for heart talk. You have to, you know, set aside some time where you're not going to be interrupted, even if it's just 10 minutes where you can actually sit and talk about hopes and dreams and uh, things that you want for the future. Even if it's next week, you know, it doesn't have to be for retirement. It could be short-term goals, but being connected at that heart level takes intentionality and you have to plan for it. And, you know, that's just so important for couples to stay connected at a heart level, not just with work talk. So work talk, heart talk is something that we use with couples all the time. Yeah. It's really about caring and understanding, not about accomplishing something yeah. because we, we think in terms of, well, how do I, how am I supposed to fix this? What do you want me to do? And sometimes, okay, that's where the empathy comes in. It's not doing anything. It's just being there with me when I'm in this place, okay? And we, we believe there's an attitude that goes um, with heart talk also. Um, and that's, um, 
what we call an ICU attitude. And that means that um, we're really interested and um, we really care and we're really trying to understand because that's what's happening in an ICU if you think about it. And a good way to think about heart talk or task talk because sometimes we don't know which one we're supposed to be having. I think men struggle with that more than <laughs> women do. Um, is to you know think or even ask the question, do you want me to fix this or do you want me to feel this? Yeah, that, that's beautiful. It's, is this the time that I'm supposed to just sit and be quiet or do you actually want my advice? Yeah, <laughs> well, be this, here with you or find solutions. Exactly. Well, this has been absolutely wonderful. And the practical solutions for extraordinary leadership I picked up today are the first one is that couples, you know, all the time are saying we just can't communicate. But what they're really trying to say is that they're not emotionally connected as a couple. The second I picked up was that having marriage IQ skills is really going to be able to boost your relationship in the workplace as well as your marriage. And that couples will have conflict or disagreements, but they need to guard against letting that escalate or turning negative and hurting their spouse. That's right. Susan and Mike, this was absolutely wonderful. Can you let our audience know if they're interested in taking that marriage emotional intelligence quiz, where they can find that? And also, if they'd like to reach out to you, uh, learn more about what you guys do, how can they get in touch with you? Well, thanks, Lori. We, we appreciate being on uh, this great podcast. Um, if someone would like to take the Marriage Emotional Intelligence Quiz, they can find that at mikeandsusandawson.com forward slash M-I-Q, Marriage IQ. And they can find out more about us at mikeandsusandawson.com. Oh, great. Well, we will also put the link to the marriage quiz and also the link to your website on our podcast page. Again, thank you so much, Mike and Susan. This has been wonderful. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Lori. Appreciate it's our pleasure. It. Thank you for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, we would so appreciate a review on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss a single episode. If you're interested in knowing more about our upcoming events or working with one of us personally to transform the way you lead, visit our websites. For Lori King-Taylor, visit trinityperformancesolutions.com. And for Lori Gorell, visit upwardsolutionscc.com. Until next week.